Welcome to Spotlight 814 Erie's local theater podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dolly, and I am here in the studio with Brenna Thumler. That's a me. That's a you, Mario. <laughs> Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Brenna? I am so excited to be here talking about all things theater, theater, theater actors, playwrights, yes. artists, performers, musicians, etc. Etc. In the Erie area. Not just Erie, but the Erie area. Yeah, all the way down to Meadville and possibly beyond. The showcase section in the Erie Times, you know, they, they, they kind of let us down a little bit in the theater community. And they stopped doing reviews and they stopped showcasing all of these shows like the showcase is supposed to do right right and that was a while ago and ever since sue harrington retired uh we haven't really had anybody doing that so that's what we're doing here at spotlight 814 we're gonna review shows we're gonna talk about the shows we're gonna have guests on talk about the shows talk about the shows we're basically (laughs) stepping in so that no one's failing you anymore yeah theater people like ourselves like to have our egos stroked Mm, yes we do and that's what we're here for we're here to stroke some egos including our own yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i like it um i think it's gonna be it's gonna be good for the theater community and we need to just you know make the theater community a community again right bring us together boost ourselves yeah get excited about what's going on in the area and that's what we're here for so we saw a couple shows a few. Yeah. Four? Four in the Four? past week or two. In the past two week and a half. So we've reviewed three. And uh, one is on the way. One is on the way. Um, so the first one we talked about was Next to Normal at Gannon Schuster Theater. Yeah. And I believe it's over now. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it ended. But, um, but... You know, let's talk about it and get people interested in what they're doing over there at Gannon and the Schuster Theater. Hell yeah. All right, so Molly Cook was the director. Yes. And, you know, I, I've been away from Gannon for a long time. I uh, I graduated from Schuster Theater. And I've never Gannon, been there. So. Gannon program. I, I graduated from that, like, 2007. So that was probably the last time I did a show there. So that was my first time stepping into that theater since 2007. And uh, so I don't really know people there anymore. And Molly was great. She was a great director. Um, Next to Normal is not an easy show, especially at the college level. Right. So she nailed it. Yeah, Diana. She was played by a freshman. I know, and she was incredible. I feel like, um, you know, when you're playing a role like that and so much of it is interior thoughts that you're kind of communicating to the audience and she it's it's so important to properly communicate what is going on inside of a mentally ill person's head mm-hmm. with uh respect and yes. and truth yes and uh anna skinner the freshman again and did exactly that uh great job i said it in the review uh skinner crafts the quite literally insane complexity of diana perfectly I don't know if that makes any sense, but it did in my head when I wrote it. <laughs> well, you know, I so I did a little research on this, and Brian Yorkie, who created this, he was actually in a class with Tom Kitt, the, the musician behind this musical, and 
this began as a 10-minute play in oh. this musical workshop. And it was actually because Brian Yorkie saw a television program on electroconvulsion therapy mm-hmm. and realized, oh, this is still happening today. And he realized that um, based on statistics, it's mostly women who are being diagnosed and uh, treated this way, and it's mostly male doctors who are forcing this treatment upon them. So You know, in today's society, that does not surprise me at all. No. Not even a little bit. And he was like, this should be a musical. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I saw this show twice in New York, and I loved it. Um, I saw the original cast, and then I saw uh, you know, the backup cast after that, and then I saw it in Korea, in Seoul, and it was staged exactly the same, but everything was in Korean, and it was awesome. And you said that the screen behind them was not in any of these versions. Right. So the entire show, there's this screen in the background that is playing sort of home-style home videos. videos. I loved that. I feel like it contributed to a more complex family dynamic. It showed, like, it was really contrasting the chaos that was ensuing on stage with this very low-key, sweet family backstory yeah yeah i liked it um let's see curtis jones. curtis jones the third uh played dan incredible. incredible voice i know that dude can sing and he really captured that uh like trying to be optimistic when your wife is having a mental breakdown like yeah it's so so great not easy to do and uh he nailed it um great performance from him Stella. Stella. I'm not even going to try to say her last name. I Stella. think it's probably Prisbolinsky or Prisbolinsky. Sure. That works. Uh, Stella was incredible uh, as Natalie, angsty teenage daughter of Dan and Diana. You know, I remember we were having a conversation about like how to describe her voice, and I was thinking it was very conversational. Yeah, yeah, which is perfect for that part. Yeah. It's like she's, nothing feels forced. Right. It's like she's just telling her story as an angsty teen. Yeah. Let's see, uh, Anthony Nunez played uh, Gabe, mm-hmm. and you know we didn't talk about him much in the review, just out of time. But he was great. Yeah, he was, he was a great Gabe. Um, he was just the sweet younger younger brother or older brother? I guess older. Mm, yeah. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. He was, he was a sweet brother. He's a brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, he he killed it. I mean, it's not an easy role to sing. Um, the whole cast was perfectly, you know, in their roles. Yeah. And great show. Excellent. Heartbreaking show. So if you missed it, sucks to be you. Yeah. It's over. Uh, Go back in time. <laughs> Go back in time. Get Correct your little, yourself. Get in your little timing machine and go back and see it. Uh, great show again. And, and we look forward to seeing what's up there next. Yeah, do you know how often uh, Ganon puts on shows? Well, this probably probably be the last of the year, I'm sure. They're probably wrapping up classes. Yeah, they don't really announce their season. That's the thing. Mm. It's like a, hey, this is what's next. Right. This is what's next. Well, you can follow them online, find out what's happening in future years. That's right. They're Ganon, Sh- Ganon University Schuster Theater on Facebook, and you can keep up with them right there. 
Oh, what do you have? What do you have? You just gave me a hold up. I'm holding up because I was going to rustle some paper and I didn't want it to be loud. I'll just rustle away. I don't give a shit. Okay. Okay. Sound of music. Ooh. My, I, uh, my I favorite show in the world. So much to say. <laughs> I really did a deep dive on Sound of Music and like after after watching this so many times in my life, I'm realizing I'm not a big fan of Sound of Music either. Yeah. But it's still it's it's a wonderful family show. It brings, like I said in my review, it brings families together. It's what's yeah. the purpose of it. So the Sound of Music we're talking about is at the Academy Theater in Meadville, mm-hmm. um, which is still running now. Still running. Yep, and that goes until next week. I think. Yeah, May seventh. Yep. So next week is the last week to see it. Um, Sean Clarkin is the director, mm-hmm. and. Go ahead. What do you what do you have to say about okay. this? Okay, let me start off by saying that many people probably don't realize that this is based on a true story, and it's based specifically on the memoir of Maria Augusta von Trapp, who, uh, in her memoir, talks about her own experience, which is, which is there are some similarities between that and the play, but there are many differences. So mm. I thought I would share some of the inconsistencies very fast do tell um so i already mentioned this in the review if you read it but you know they did not climb over a mountain at the end of the musical on foot that's carrying their instruments such a damn lie with with a five-year-old um i think they did (laughs) and how do we know how do we know that because the show just ends abruptly after that's, singing about climbing that mountain. That's true. They could have, like, started and turned around and been like, this is way too difficult. <laughs> Let's do something else. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so what they did was they, they actually had a singing gig in America, and they were like, um, I guess Georg had Italian citizenship. So he was like, let me talk to this Italian agent and get us fare to America. And they told everybody, hey, we're going to America. See ya. And they left by a train. So that's how that happened. Um I like to think they climbed the mountain. If they would have climbed the mountain... Tell me where they would have ended up. They would have ended up in in Berchtesgaden, which is Hitler's summer home. Oh, good. So... But it wasn't summer, was it? It... What, what time of I year don't was even, that? What time of year is this in sound music? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. The hills are alive. When, what season are the hills alive? Spring? Uh, that's what I'm <laughs> Maybe it's before... Hitler gets to his summer home? Well, that's the thing. I mean, this takes place over many, many weeks. Right. She's there a while. And it's going to take a while to climb over that mountain. I mean, like, they don't just get married after a day, right? In the show, they do. Although, <laughs> so, in reality, Maria was not in love with Georg, but she loved the children. And then Georg proposed, and the nuns are like, do God's will. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm going to marry this man now. Mm. And she ended up falling in love with him, I guess, later on. But she even said in the in the memoir, uh, "Really, I'm I'm marrying the children." <laughs> so, well, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you bad bad advice right there. Like in so many ways, <laughs> don't marry children. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are. I mean, those are the the big things. She she actually she came to the family because one of the kids was suffering with scarlet fever, and she came to be this child's tutor. That's why she. Okay. Why she came to them, but um, and they were already musically inclined. She did not bring music into the house, but she did teach them to sing um, madrigals, okay. which are part songs without accompaniment. So that was her big thing. Oh, also, oh, 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 <laughs> Georg was a wonderful and doting father, and Maria was the harsh one. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, Wouldn't have guessed it from all those 
many, many times I've seen The Sound of Music. Yeah, they really took that in a different direction, so. Well, good for them. Yeah, but, um. You know, if they, if they climbed over that mountain and Hitler wasn't there at his summer home, what would they have done? Maybe just crash the summer home, like a parasite situation. Yeah. Like, just, like, move in and. Like, I got, look at this, I got a pool. <laughs> <laughs> look at all these, this fancy china. Yeah. And then Hitler comes in over the summer and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> Where's all my stuff? Why is this family no. band living here? He was off doing terrible things in He was doing really awful things, yeah. So they would have been just fine. Yeah, it wasn't really a vacation time yeah. at that time. Um, so let's talk about the performance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and jump right in and, and give a shout out, a massive shout out to Grace Worley. Grace. Because she stole the show. If you have not yet seen it and you're like, mm, sound of music, this is just going to be the same thing I've seen many times already. It is not. It's not. Because as I was talking to, uh, my vocal teacher, Ashley, she was like, I'm, I go to the audience, I'm sitting there, I'm like... Here it comes. Here comes 16 going on 17, the misogynistic song that no one can stand. And then Grace stomps her way in and is like, I'm not taking demands from any man. Yeah. He's going to listen to what I want. Yeah. It's great. Amazing. She was incredible. She was great. Um, She basically mocked the song. Which is great. I, I think that's how it should be done now. Yeah. She killed it. Um... Uh oh, what's sorry the one who played Elsa, mm, Leah Hillgrove. Yeah, Leah was great. I've done a few shows with her back in the day. Oh uh, okay. Yeah, at the academy, uh, she came in from Pittsburgh to do the show. Yeah, if you haven't uh, read the review yet, she made Elsa sort of likable in my opinion. And, yeah, and that's not typically done. Elsa's that other woman who is just standing in the way of, of the true love and needs to be kicked to the curb, but she was still a wonderfully lovable human and just wasn't the right person for Georg, and, and that's, that's, that's a great okay. way to... Yeah, it's okay. And that's okay. An amazing singer voice. Yes. Oh, the gift came up. <laughs> Men's rights is nothing. You're ridiculous. Accurate. Yep. Thank you, Leslie Nope. 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 Uh, what else did you have to say about the show? Um, cause this is still going on for another week, so we want to, we want to pack the seats out there. Yeah. Um, let me hear paper rustle here. Um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a family show and there are so many families within it. So yeah. the Crest family, like they're all there. All of them. It's <laughs> like, like they all showed up. The, the Von Trapp family band is like. The Kress family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the youngest, Natalie Kress, plays Gretel, and she's, I don't want to demean her in any way by calling her adorable, but, but she just, she commands that stage as such a young performer, yeah. and did an excellent job. Um, I mean, she's what, like five? Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she was great. I can't imagine doing that at five years old. No. I can't no. imagine functioning on a stage at five I, years old. <laughs> I don't think I functioned as a human at I'm, five years I'm old. still not functioning as a human. I, I'm not either. I'm <laughs> 38 now, and I that hasn't gone away. <laughs> so great job, Natalie. We yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing better than I am. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, if anything, go see it for her. 
because she's, I know you don't want to say it, but she's so adorable. Yeah. She really is. She really is. is. Yeah. Um, And then basically, I mean, you know, The Sound of Music is just one of those sort of feel good and a little bit slow and drab at times. But like I said, it's based on a true story and it's during Nazi Germany. So it it sort of captures that time. There, There have been a lot of complaints about the show and the movie itself that say it's it's out of the period you know it's not historically accurate Mm -hmm. and fair but it does sort of transport you to a different time and that's i like musicals like that yeah it's not as it's not as like in your face about it as cabaret was right (laughs) uh that was an experience (laughs) that was just full-blown nazi nazi-ville yeah nazi-ville okay (laughs) that's a bad musical uh cabaret was great we had a lot of fun doing that we did that's yeah that so that's where we met we met in cabaret the academy theater Mm -hmm. and uh yeah if you guys are looking for another place to do some theater that's not too far away from erie the academy is amazing uh linda kemp is or not linda linda's (laughs) julia kemp julia kemp linda's daughter is killing it over there. She's the artistic director at the Academy, yeah. and we love her to death. We do. She's we one do. of my favorite people. She is outstanding, and you should always go work with her. And she does everything. She, If someone fails to do what they're supposed to do, which is the case most of the time, it's every day. Uh, <laughs> Julia steps in and is like, it's fine. I got it. I got this. Got and she always, she always has it. Yeah. Uh, okay. David Durst sent me this, and I have questions um, David, we need to meet up for coffee or something sometime soon. Um, he's got a project going on, and he's doing the Pizza Bomber play. Now, you guys remember in, what was it, 2003, I want to say? Yeah, August 28th, 2003, mm-hmm. the Pizza Bomber murders. You weren't here for that. You were in Meadville, but it was in still close enough. Yeah, I was in Meadville. It was still close enough. Also, I was I probably wasn't paying attention as much as I am now to local bombings. Well, <laughs> it's not like they were happening every day. Uh, <laughs> this one is relevant because it made national news and it, there is a Netflix series about it. And you need to watch that. You still haven't seen Evil Genius. I've not. Yeah, my friend Ron Morgan, he is the cop that showed up on the scene. And they interview him in the movie, so there's got to be a part for him in the show, right? In in the in this uh, film thing they're doing in, in the play, yeah. So th- right now they're looking for, let's see, not just Bill Rothstein. I think he's already cast, maybe. So they're looking for Richard Thompson, uh, Robert Armbruster, James Hogan, Ben Barnes. Alan Welters, Brian Wells. Okay, so they changed names up. So it's Brian Wells, Ken Barnes, James Roden, Richard Armstrong. That makes more sense. I was like, who are these people? <laughs> I still don't know these people. Oh, yeah, you need to watch it. Um, I'm really in- interested in what's going on here with this play. So so are there? Are, there's no word about open auditions or anything like that? Nope, or? they're just looking for specific roles right now. Uh you can hit up David Durst if you guys are in the area. You probably know who David is. Um, 
So hit him up if you're interested in being in the Pizza Bomber play. <laughs> it seems like they're all male roles, right? Right now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all male roles right now. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Another opportunity. Oh, and speaking of opportunities, going back to the Academy, um, Rent auditions are coming up. Next month. Yes, uh, May, May 21st. 21st at 2 p.m. at the Academy in the Upstairs Gallery. Yep. And I will be there. I'll be auditioning. Um, and I will not, and I'm really sad about that. Yeah. I'm not going to be here this summer. Boo. Boo. We might have to do this remote while you're gone, and I'll just have to tell you about all the plays that you're missing. <laughs> I, please, yeah, just catch me <laughs> up. Like, I'd love that. And you'll have to tell me about all the plays you're seeing in the West End. Yeah, so just brief update here. I'm going to be in the UK for a grad program, and the class I'm taking is going to be seeing plays and talking about them in class. So such That is what? such no, it is. That's bull. I want that. <laughs> well, too bad. It's mine. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm. I'm going to see like a lot of Shakespeare, and we're going to see Cabaret, which is awesome. I'm finally going to get to watch it, and Guys and Dolls, and a few others. So, uh, so yeah, I can I can review UK shows and yeah, West End shows in Erie, and tell you guys why to go see why to go see those for all those people in Erie who leave Erie. <laughs> Want to want to finish up with our uh, final show that we saw? Uh, well, not the final one. Well, oh right, well the final but, one we're mostly talking yeah, about we'll, right we'll now. We'll discuss we'll discuss the final one before the review comes up. But we yeah. are going to talk about Drama Shop's One Act Festival, and it is completely sold out. So if you missed it, I think there's. Oh wait, yeah, it is. It's sold out. Yeah, tonight is the last oh, night. Oh yeah, I forgot this is Saturday. <laughs> it's Saturday, baby, and uh, yeah, it's sold out tonight, and. It, yeah, thank you, Erie. So, great job to everybody involved. I mean, there's, what, 17 actors, uh, five directors, and four playwrights, mm-hmm. including yourself. I am. I am one of the playwrights. Talk about your show. My show, your is, show. is called Single Bookstore, and it's sort of this uh, surreal comedy drama, dramedy, um, about a woman, Jenny Fish, who stumbles across a small bookstore with a single book in it, run by Brenda. And this... I love Brenda. Brenda. Amanda. Fantastic. Uh, Anyway. Outstanding. Um, So this book is uh, written by her current boyfriend, or so the audience and the people believe. It's more of like a, like I said, surreal book. But she enters the world of this book and sort of uncovers the truth of the relationship because it's sort of this um this biographical excerpt that liam wrote about her and so she's diving into the the truth of the toxicity of the relationship and and it's a catharsis for her and she learns how to be better to herself and focus on the positive things in her life so good Good. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. We certainly can. This was yeah. not difficult to, you know, drudge up from my my life. <laughs> yeah, no. No, not diving into the imagination here. <laughs> I, I probably would have written the same exact story, just in a different way. <laughs> I think we all we all have a we all have a Liam in our life. Yeah, we all have a emotionally abusive person in our lives, and we should not. Yeah, yeah. So be like Jenny Fish. Get out of that. Yeah. So let's talk about the show. What did you think seeing it for the first time on stage? Like, how did that feel as a playwright? Yeah. So many people have asked me this, and 
unbelievable. I mean, this is the first time I've written a play, and so obviously the first time I've seen my work being performed. And I was nervous, not because I thought they were going to do a, a bad job. I, I was nervous for other people to see and respond to my work. And it was amazing. It, it was weird because, of course, when you're writing something, you have a clear vision of how you would put it on the stage. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's never going to be done that way. And so Anna McJunkin and Alicia Oliver, who were the co-directors, did an incredible job. They did it so much justice. And obviously their interpretations were very different. And some of them far better than (laughs) what I ever would have come up with. And then some of them were like, I definitely wouldn't have done it that way. But that's great. That's the way they interpreted it. And as a whole, it was wonderful. Wonderful to see. And, you know, when we were sitting in on the auditions, um, two people really caught your eye. Yeah. When they were auditioning for the roles of Jenny and... um, Her best friend, Nadine. best friend, Nadine. That's right. And go ahead and talk about that. Yes. So I was sitting there and I was like, fingers crossed, please, please, please let these two be cast. And then they were. Molly Parks and Raina Hardin had this perfect friendship dynamic. Um, and I think that they didn't really know each other before they auditioned, It which feels is like they've known each other forever. Yeah. Like, if you're watching in the audience, it's like, wow, these they're best friends. When the cast list was announced, I cried. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I know. I know you did. Uh, yeah, Molly was great. Uh, Raina, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Um, Luke... Oh, he played the perfect toxic boyfriend. And I, I just shout out to Luke, who is not anything like that in real life. Yeah, which... no. Like, I don't know Luke, but, like, the character, as the show was going on, his face got more and more punchable. <laughs> I'm not going to punch you, Luke. I promise. I, I'm not like that. Like, we're not we're not going to throw fists. You're just a good actor. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> you just killed it. And it was great. And that's, that's a, it's a compliment. Take it. Take this Take punch it in the and face. Run with it. <laughs> Take this punch in the <laughs> face as a compliment, you son of a. B- uh, <laughs> Amanda Hill. Who was Brenda, the crazy bookstore owner? Oh, we love which, her. Which, which uh, I'll say too. Um, in my mind, I I was envisioning an entirely different Brenda. Yeah. And now, I see her portraying her that way, and I'm just like, this is this is perfect. Yeah. Now it's hard to see Brenda in a different way. I loved it. So much character acting. Yeah, that was great. And it's really—it was kind of a difficult thing to stage, quite honestly, because it's very—it's very abstract and crazy things are happening. She's like in this fantasy world and sort of entering it through her reading and the way they made this come to life in a physical sense. Well, with the props and everything, like the the cutout props. Yeah, it was perfect. Oh, it was I perfect. Know. Like the big Starbucks cup. And, <laughs> yeah. Like I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah, Kaylee Maloney. As April, uh, Gianna Natalie as Keela, mm, Ashley Meyer, Kenna Stevens. Yeah, who were the ensemble. And, like, yeah. my gosh, props to them, too. Like, yeah, absolutely. A lot of times the ensemble gets a little, uh, you know, in the sh- put in the shadows. Yeah. But they are so needed, especially for a show like that. Mm-hmm. They they all did amazing. Yeah. But, but my show was not the only show there. There were uh, three other local playwrights who... Yes, wrote one acts for this for this festival and why don't you take over a bit and talk about 
yeah, the I'm, other shows. I'm going to talk about Long Lost by Matthew Craze. We just saw Matthew last night when we were walking from PACA. Yeah, passed by, said hey. Yeah, he was, was like, hey, guys. Yeah. And we're like, oh, hey, man. And then that was and it. That, that was a great story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Matthew Craze. Uh, <laughs> for, for walking down the street, you did a great stroll there. Great strut there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, it's it's wonderful to I, – I moved to Erie recently. It's so cool to all of a sudden be running into people you know on the street. Right. I feel like I'm within a community, and it's so nice that it's the theater community. Yeah. I, I haven't been a part of a community like this since I've been – in since I lived in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. really. Um, like, I had my theater community there, and that was, like, 2015 was the okay. last time I did a show. And then I moved back here, and I was terrified to do a show. And then I did Cabaret, and now that's all I want to do. So being back in Erie has been great for me, you know, just getting back into theater. And, you know, like last night, we saw all these people. They're like, hey, 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 what's up? Yeah, everybody knows you. (laughs) How how are you so well-known? You haven't even been here for a long time. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's been some time. I guess people are still here. (laughs) People, People remember me from Bad Boy. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just the thing. I am it's, so so bummed. I missed that. It's, it's never gonna go away. Like I have people like, I bet your passwords are all bad boy, and I'm like, no. <laughs> but would you tell them if they were? I, yeah, probably. <laughs> Be like, you're right. It's bad boy one two three four. Uh, <laughs> now go read all of my emails. All of my junk mail <laughs> from H and M. Uh, yeah. So long lost. <laughs> long lost by Matthew Craze. Uh, it was great. Uh, Matt Fuchs directed it. Matt Fuchs also in Bat Boy. Oh yeah. The second time we did it, he was Doctor Parker. So okay. he played he played my old man. He was awesome. We had a good time with that show. Great job, Matt. I yeah. didn't see it, but great job. Uh, so it was awesome to see Matt after so long, and um, yeah, Craze wrote the show what, 10 years ago when he was at Gannon? Yes, it at least started then. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that was in Father Sean Clerken's class. Yeah. So we've already talked about Sean Another Another um, personal, very personal play. It is, And that's, I think, I think three of them were very, very close to the playwrights. The hot dog one, maybe not so much, but there were still elements of, you know, local stories and... Yeah. Yeah. I had, you know... We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. So Long Lost follows two brothers, Al and Joey, go out on a journey to find a little bit more about their family after their father gets in a serious car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, show also touches on you know, addiction and the effects that it can have on a family. Right. And uh, my God, Jassy, Jassy Camacho Vera, Chris Peterson. You guys were awesome. Yeah. Perfectly cast for these these roles. I mean, I'll say every single person in the entire festival was perfectly cast, but Jassy wins my actor of the show award. He, like, I, I even said it in the in the review. I was like, it, it was just brilliant. Um, he was able to flip so quickly between, like, jokey and sincere brother to heartfelt yeah. performance. It was amazing. And he said so many times, and I enjoyed that. I, I bet you did. <laughs> That's my sense of humor, man. You, you, you know me. You know me. 
I do. So I enjoyed that one. Belly laughs, tears. All the emotions. Belly laughs from tears. <laughs> or tears from belly laughs. <laughs> I, love, I love how much I'm crying right now. <laughs> I love how much I'm crying right now. I've just... <laughs> and Greg Hill is Dr. Mike. Char Newport came out as Aunt Liz. Um, you know, great moments in their limited stage time. Mm-hmm. And the show in general just... It was great. Yeah, so so each show was around half an hour, maybe give or take a, yeah. a few minutes. And so they, they really fit a lot into each one. Like they did. stories. And I, I work with Chris, so I I told him how I feel already. He knows. Chris Peterson? Yeah. You work with him? Yeah. So he oh. knows how I feel about him. I love you, dude. That was an awesome, awesome performance. And uh, I'll probably see you on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next show is Would You, How My Roommate Turned Into a Hot Dog. By Howard Lang. Howard. So, yeah, I mean, the show is about questions. It's about questioning everything. You know, I was thinking, for me, it was almost about, not so much questions, but like a lack of answers. Like, it's it's yeah. it's kind of okay to not know. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the entire show is like, what is happening? But then the second time, I, I've seen it twice already. Um, you just it starts coming together as a more cohesive thing, and, and uh, you understand this deep relationship between the roommates and how similar they are. Yeah. Because they both sort of have this hyper focus on their own problems, right? And are not listening to the other one, mm-hmm. and it's great storytelling. It's like it's it's this wacky, absurd sort of storytelling, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of comes from the that question like would you still love me if i was a worm yeah you know and it's like it's one of those questions like what and that question has ruined so many relationships right like, what an odd question to ruin a relationship yeah you're, you're really taking risks there like do you want to ask this question i like i don't know you're a worm you're a worm like but then like how big of a worm like like human-sized worm or, or an actual realistic worm? Um, I'm picturing, like, like the old Sega Genesis game, uh, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> I'm not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it seems very niche. <laughs> uh, Earthworm Jim was awesome. Um, Earthworm Jim? Yeah. Do the worms work out? No. Do they his, worm his out? His name is Jim. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, like an athletic center. No. Earthworm I'm, I'm looking Jim. it up now. Earthworm Jim. That was the second thing. Is it so? It's a game. Yeah. So it was a. It's a comic book series, I think. What can? Um, what all can a worm possibly do? Look at this guy. What? Yeah. That's so far removed from worm. Would you love me <laughs> if I was Earthworm Jim? <laughs> uh. Say the right thing. <laughs> Absolutely. He's got a ray gun. He's he's so bodybuilder. Yeah, he's got I, a ray gun. I don't like that. Yeah. And just his head is a worm. He's not a full-blown worm. Well, yeah, he is. Look at his boxer shorts. What? <laughs> what does that have anything to do with worm? I don't know. <laughs> do you do you frequently see worms in boxers? Is that a thing yeah, that you see outside your window? <laughs> yeah, I work. I just I sit there and I look at 
the the trees and the turkey and, and the boxer worms and and earthworm Jim <laughs> is out there. Uh, <laughs> Howard, <laughs> this is the conversation that you've led us to. <laughs> this is what. But see, that's the thing, though. Like, that kind of work makes you think weird things. Think weird thoughts. Go on to, go on to tangents. Think weird thoughts. That's, that's how we roll here. Uh, the next show, Take My Hand by Margot Wolf. Um, that was directed by Lisa... Si- si- I think it's Simonian. Simonian? Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know Lisa. Um, again, like I've, I've been gone for so long, I don't really know people. I know that she is the vice president of the board okay. at Drama Shop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. According to the website. Yeah. Um, and the show is about the relationship built between a death doula and death itself. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know about you guys, but I had no f***ing idea what a death doula was, so I had to Google it. Oh, I know so many things about death. I was aware of the death doula. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't really plan on having somebody to guide me over that step. I just don't think it's going to do much. I'm like, I'm I'm headed there. There's not much you can say that's going to change that. Yeah. But... Uh, but some people, that's comforting. Yeah, I get it. So it's, I'm glad that they exist. And actually, so the playwright herself is a death doula, or at Margo. least one in training. Yeah, she, she trained. She trained um, already. I believe so. Um, but yeah, it, really interesting stuff. Um, I didn't know there was just like so much thought that goes into death. Right, and that's, the whole piece is very intrinsic in that way. It's just, um, they, they, they just discuss yeah. death and what it means and and it's it's the most um what's the word i'm looking for pensive of the of, of the, the shows yeah, yeah. The uh carrie lee hinkson gave an emotional performance as fran um she's the death doula who wonders what it's like on the other side mm-hmm. like what's what am i guiding people to you know what does it look like over there and death is like i don't know man I don't know, dude. I can't tell you. (laughs) That's my only complaint about the show. I'm just going to say. It it did get a little repetitive. Mm -hmm. Just a tad bit. Um, And it was just, you know, what was was the line? I don't know because I can't tell you. I can't tell you because I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was repeated a lot. But that was my only complaint. Uh, the, the four shows were just all, the, you know, their own their own entity. Yeah. And it and was a great collection. Kate Newbert Lechner was great as death. Oh, yeah. Like, and I when I die, death. when I die, I want to see Kate Newbert Lechner's face. <laughs> that's the first I'm thing. I'm so excited to die now. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> that's the first thing I want to see. Just Kate, like, hey, Ryan, what's up? <laughs> He made it. We can only hope. We're, we can only be so lucky. <laughs> you, made, you made it. Welcome. Welcome to death. That's me. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, Kate, we love you. Um, yeah, and that was the One Act Festival at Drama Shop. Yeah. So congrats to everybody involved. Sold out shows. It's so amazing that Drama Shop is doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, allowing local playwrights to create shows for the community yeah and just having these shows go up like when matthew wrote his show 10 years ago he had no anticipation of the show going on stage ever 
and now here it is. Yeah. Uh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So we love that for Erie, and next year, when when was the like? Oh yes, timeline? I do. I have a, I have my history right here. So um, so history with history Brenna. lesson. Yeah. So um, the first original festival of sorts was the Blue Bowl monologues, which happened in 2020. Okay. So maybe a pandemic creation. Uh, and it featured 13 actors and 11 local playwrights, and it was, you know, just monologues. Yeah. Um, and then in 2022, there was the Drama Shop Shorts Festival, and that was eight short plays. And so this year, they moved on to the one acts. I think, I think shorts, they said, were about 10 minutes long. Okay. So we're wondering if n- next year... Full-blown... Uh, yeah, full-blown... Productions. Full-blown productions. Um, yeah, so it's really amazing that Drama Shop is doing this for the community. Yeah, no, I, I, I support it. It gives a lot of people opportunities. And and let me just shout out really quickly Anna McJunkin, who is the artistic director at Drama Shop. Mm-hmm. A complete volunteer opportunity for her, and she does so much work, and incredible human being. Yes. And before we take a break, speaking of Drama Shop, Zach Flock, who was the yeah. artistic director of Drama Shop before. Uh, started it in 2011. 2011, started Drama Shop over there, and uh, he moved to Pittsburgh. He's coming back to be the artistic director, or what? what's the executive, executive, executive director, director of the Erie Playhouse. We're reeling him back in. Reeling him back in. Come on back, fishy. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Zach. You're not a fish. <laughs> but welcome back, Zach Flock, and uh, look forward to seeing what you do at the Playhouse. But yeah, we're going to take a little break, and um, we're going to come back and talk about some stuff. Uh, so, some darker stuff. So we're going we're gonna to get angry. <laughs> we are. We are. We, uh, we came across an article, and... We're gonna we'll we're gonna about shout about it. We're gonna shout about yeah. it from the rooftops. Yeah, it, we, this not, might not even make this show. We're gonna be on the roof with no <laughs> microphones, just screaming. We're gonna, we're gonna see if we can pick it up <laughs> from the roof. <sighs> okay, all right, we'll be right back. See ya. are back here we are spotlight 814 that's us episode one number one. One, one, one um yeah so we are about to rage here in a minute but before we do let's talk about more death things we did see another show last night and we went to paca um thanks for having us out there and to see the show it was lovely we do have a review coming up on our website very soon brenna will be writing that yes and um, if you guys get a chance, like, you know, before the review comes up, we just want to say, like, go see the show. It was hilarious. So funny. There were some people in the audience, I'm pretty sure, who just did not stop laughing the entire time. Right. I don't, I don't, they're probably not talking today. Yeah. They, they don't have a voice. Right. <laughs> um, they, they cried from laughing. <laughs> they laughed from crying. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's my new thing now. It was cyclical. Yeah, <laughs> laughing, laughing, you're crying so hard that you laugh. That's, yeah, I like that. 
I, I honestly do that sometimes. I do it, I do it all the time, <laughs> actually. It's, it's kind of my thing. Um, yeah, so check that show out. Um, we loved it. I don't have the cast list in front of me right now, but... We'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah, that'll time. be next week. We will be discussing our review on that. Yes. And we might have a little guest next week. We'll see. We'll see. But right now... Let us rage. Oh my god. Brenna. <laughs> Ryan. <sighs> okay, Houston f***ing Texas. <clears throat> right there. I mean, Texas, but okay. You already know it's bad. Mother... Spring Branch ISD field trip to play canceled due to age appropriateness of the performance. Oh, that do was, explain. Do that explain. Was not the reason. Okay. The school had a field trip planned to go see James and the Giant Peach, which is targeted towards first graders. That is the age range. We all know James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. In that show. I love James that, and the Giant Peach. There's nothing in that show that could be possibly offensive, right? No, that is that is absolutely correct. Wrong! Until Houston steps in. Wrong, America. Mm. Okay. So, so essentially, uh, this this the parents, I guess, at the school were complaining that because some students were playing both female and male It wasn't roles. even students. It was it was the actors. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the actors in the play were playing both um, female and male roles that it was drag. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. yeah. So this is Main Street Theater in Houston. And I, this just pisses me off so much. This is where this country is at right now. And everything is so offensive. And They're insects. They are bugs. Yes. Like, do you not understand the concept of Halloween and trick or treat? Like, this is caution. This is you're playing a fictional character that is not even human. And actually, the parents who spoke up said they were not concerned. They were like, "I don't understand why this is such a big deal." But the parents who were complaining chose not to comment. Yeah. I wonder why. So one parent said. A parent shared her concern about the actors playing multiple roles that were both male and female, saying it's drag. Thomas said, it's not drag, and if it were, it shouldn't be a big deal. Drag is not a big deal. It's theater. It's art. And this it, is how theater has been done since the beginning of theater. fucking mankind. Like, before, Shakespeare. before Billy Shakes was a thing, Yeah, people were, like, men were dressing up as women. To entertain you. Look at the togas. If, if you've ever been to a toga party, you do not get to complain about this. Mm, my face is like hot. I'm hot. Flames on the side. Flames of, on the, the side, side of, of my, my face. face. <laughs> this fires me up so much. First of all, drag is its own art form. Right. It is a completely different art form, and. It's equally respected in my mind. And mine too. And this is not drag. And even if it was... This is perform. This is theater. This is exactly what theater is. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you seen a male play a female or the or opposite versa? in a show since you've been doing shows? Uh, constantly. Yeah. 
It's like, like at least once every performance. So I did some research. Research Brenna's coming to the forefront here. Brenna does her research. <laughs> Let me first say, one of the characters is Ladybug, right? Yeah. Ladybug? Lady? There are both male and female ladybugs. Hey. And they look almost identical, except that the female ladybug is slightly larger and has a darker pigmentation, but they look the same. Bet you didn't know that, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, but my deeper dive was on something called gynandromorphs. Which, Do tell. Which basically means a dual-sex organism. So um, a man named James Adams in 2004, I believe, uh, found a tiger swallowtail in Georgia. The places are relevant. They're everywhere. But um, basically this butterfly, half one, one side of its wings were colored like a male's and the other the female. Okay. And – Looking more into this, uh, they found that this is not exclusive to butterflies. It's been found in lobsters, spiders, uh, crabs, and bees, I believe. And that was just to name a few. Okay, so if you're a Republican, you don't get to like anything. (laughs) Which they already don't. Right. (laughs) But we don't want to hear about it. Ever. (laughs) All right? Because you hate lobsters and bees and things that make us live yeah. on this planet. and You can stop going to Red Lobster right now. Yeah, stop your Red Lobster trips. You're not <laughs> taking Aunt Bertha to Red Lobster next Forget month. Forget those cheddar biscuits. And yeah, and <laughs> don't put any of that gosh forsaken honey on there because it came from that bisexual bee. <laughs> okay, so basically, let me just talk a little bit more about um, what happens here. So... For a science lesson, real quick. Because <laughs> this is where we are now. Um, like, the sex chromosomes don't properly se- uh, separate during the division of the fertilized egg. So one cell ends up with too many of one chromosome and the other too few. Uh, and so it's... if And also, if there's an error later in development, it kind of creates a, um, a mosaic look to the butterfly or, or organism where it's like parts are male, parts are female but if it's divided at the beginning, half is male, half is female. So like my shoulder is male and my nipple is female. Like it could be like that. Sh- sure. I, that's, I'm just trying to this, picture it. Yeah, so this is not um, this specific, like like uh, how do you say it? Gyn- gynandromorphy um, is not able to happen in humans i'm pretty sure because of the science of it all but uh but it is scientific this is, is not like a men- like the crab is not choosing to be half female half male this you is- mean it's not a choice believe it or not no wow <laughs> wow wow <laughs> man you guys earth shattering news so the cast of James and the Giant Peach, primarily insects, mm-hmm. can very easily be half male, half female. Yeah. But that's, I mean, really this is irrelevant because who cares about the science of it all? Like, even if there were not dual sex insects, when any actor plays a bug, like, the, the character itself is called Grasshopper. Like, yeah. you don't even know if that's male or female. Just because yeah. the movie portrayed it male, right. it could be either gender i don't even i mean i've never read the cast list 
I don't know if it says specifically that one should be played by a male or a female, but but there are certain rules in so many shows where gender is open to whatever the director chooses. It makes no difference, even if the even if they're specifically noted to be like, well, this should be played by a male in his thirties. Yeah, the actor can take liberties with that. I I want director. I want to reach out to this theater and see if they'd be willing to do an interview with us, because I'm really. I'd really like to just sit down and talk to them about it. Yeah. Like the, the artistic director or whoever over there. They're probably getting a lot of um, attention right now. Yeah. And as they should. I hope that show's sold out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm actually going to look it up right now. <laughs> do, 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 do. We hope you sold out. Also, okay, what about like the shows in schools? Where one of the kids has to play a rock. Right. Like, does the, does the parent say, like, oh, that rock doesn't have a gender, and this role is going to turn my kid into a, a, nine, a non-binary rock. person? Not non-binary my, rock. My kid's going to come out of here as a non-binary rock. <laughs> what? We can't have this. <laughs> this is America. Over my dead body. Over my dead body, is my son gonna walk out of here as a, <laughs> as a, as a non-binary rock? And we're gonna put little rock pits in our schools for our little rocks to sit in. <laughs> oh, it's so devastating. Fucking hell, man! I hate this country. I hate it. I love you guys. I hate this country. Um, okay, so James and the Giant Peach is going on April 19th to May 19th. Oh, a whole month run. Yeah. Are you sold out? I really f***ing hope so. I don't really know what I'm looking at. Are here. the are the orange blocks the sold out dates and the green are available? It would appear so. So, yeah. So, most of them are sold out. <laughs> Sucks to be you, gay haters. We don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go pray to whatever god it is that you pray to that your child doesn't become a, a non-binary rock. Non-binary rock. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, dude. Come on. I, I don't understand how you can even be involved in theater in any capacity if, if you believe this article. But, it, yeah, and parents... It's not your goddamn business. Like, if if some if an actor on a stage is playing a female, and that hurts your feelings, your kids probably not even paying attention to it. They absolutely are not. You know they're not. They don't think like you do, and that's a good thing because you're. <laughs> <laughs> Raise a better child, man. Yeah, it just you should not be parents if that's how you feel. If they have to be carbon copies of you. Whoever those parents are, I hope you get chlamydia and die. You're also going to cut that. No. <laughs> that's going to stay in the show. Those parents will get chlamydia and die. Why are you shaking your head no at me? 
Because we don't want people coming after us and killing us. They're not going to. Your son's a rock. They have to deal with that. <laughs> My son's a rock. I gotta take him to the doctor, but the doctor doesn't know how to take care of a <laughs> rock. He didn't go to doc rock <laughs> school. <laughs> doctor Rockter. Do- rock Rockter <laughs> Doctor School. Whatever that school is. We don't know how to take care of a rock with a They only know how to take care of a non-binary rock. Okay, do we... (laughs) (laughs) Are we done with this article yet? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't think I have anything else to say. I have so many more things to say. (laughs) But they're not going to make it into the show. Um, So, yeah, we hope to find less articles like this, but more articles that we can we can laugh about in the future yeah, maybe some more positive things in the theater community yeah we're sorry we're sorry to start off on such a negative note but we felt it was important so. it, it's really important you know if your kid wants to be a rock go ahead and let that kid be a rock mm-hmm. yeah. or or a dual sex fuck yeah if your republican uncle says i like that butterfly it's really pretty you can be like yeah well guess what it's a male and a female. And then your uncle's going to feel like a real <laughs> Just saying. I'm so angry about this. Me too. Bees. Bees. They're keeping our world alive. Bees. They're the reason for pollination. They're taking care of us. They may or may not be two sexes. So what are you going to do when you starve? Yeah. Are you going to... I can't support that non-binary honey. Or any growing thing. Right. Any any produce. I can't breathe this non-binary breath. <laughs> I'm too American for that. All right. That's going to wrap it up for episode one of yeah. Spotlight 814. Did you have fun, Brenna? I had... A blast. I I was so angry that I didn't even open my Red Bull. We need to get you angry all the time. I, like... Man. Okay. I gotta chug this Red Bull. And with go, fury. With f- the fury of the gods. But... Before we go, though, I'm going to quickly talk about what's coming up. Yes. What's coming up, Brenna? So, like we said, The Sound of Music is still playing at the Academy until May 7th. Uh, and we also mentioned the Rent Auditions, which are May 21st. At MCT, Meadville Community Theater, Heather's is going to be opening on May 12th and running through the 21st. At Drama Shop, um, tonight is the last night of the One Act Festival, so the next thing coming is Kingdom Come which is June 9th through 25th. Oh, also, I should probably mention, um, Drama Shop also does a book club. Oh. I'm going to quickly shout that out as well, because they, I'm not sure of their meeting days. The next one, the next day is uh, May 20th, and they're reading Angel City. So basically, you can purchase scripts on the Drama Shop website, hmm. or you don't even have to, you can just show up. But they're hosted by Warner Books, my favorite local bookstore. Love you, Warner Books. Um, and... It's often held at Warner Books, but other times it's held at Drama Shop. So you can find out more about that on the website. 
Playhouse, uh, May 12th through the 21st, is Finding Nemo Jr. with a sensory-friendly performance on Sunday, May 14th. And the entire Crest family is in that as well. <laughs> uh, All in Act Theater, also here in Erie, um, What is Susan's Secret is May 5th through 21st. And at the Station Dinner Theater is uh, Self-Help Farce. There's a show... Um, Tomorrow, April thirtieth, and then on May sixth and May seventh. Do you so, have Do you have the menu for that? I do not. I think I might. Uh, give me one second. Yeah, sure. The show is starring Chad Santos, Adele Crowdy, Ruth Scandell, Peggy Brace, John Burton, and Chris Hinchman. Directed by Paul Urbanowitz. Assistant directed by John Burton. Uh, the menu is Caesar salad and bread, homemade chicken noodle soup. Sounds good. Homemade glazed meatloaf. Ma, the meatloaf! Italian sausage with peppers and onions. And roasted red potatoes with garlic butter. And the dessert is Chef's Delight. Yum. Yum. I have no idea what Chef's Delight is. It sounds delightful. It, it's aptly named. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's everything happening in the Erie and Meadville area over the next couple months well actually month yeah next month yeah um, and we're gonna go see some more shows uh we got some high school shows going around uh, i think joseph is happening at prep right now mm-hmm. yes and also um if you if you have a show that you want us to promote uh on this podcast you can email us at where spotlight eight one four pod at gmail dot com. That's P O D like podcast. Yeah. At gmail dot com. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for us then. Episode one in look the books. At, look at us. I'm look so, at us. I'm so we're so cool. Look at us. <laughs> we have we have a thing. It's a thing. It it, it is it is that. It is a thing. All right. Thank you guys, and go support your local theaters. Please, please. And support us. Listen, tell your friends. Spread the word. Check us out on idiotvillepodcast.com, and that's slash spotlight814, and you can see all of our reviews on there. And we are on Facebook at Spotlight814 as well. So check us out. Follow us. Follow us. Keep listening. And give us your love. And, and affection. We love you, Mary. Bye. Bye. <laughs>